0: Thank you for joining us today for our River of Life podcast with Brother Bill Jenkins. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rolcrofferville.com. That's rolcrofferville.com. Now, let's join Brother Bill Jenkins as he teaches from the Word of God.
1: I, uh Brother Derek called and asked me would I be able to come and And to do a little teaching and uh, we had to have a little surgery. I've I've got a horse up here and uh, he uh, he has tried to throw me a couple of times. And uh, we have an arrangement and uh, he's winning right now, but. uh, We will get that straightened out. I uh, I am I'm really privileged to be able to be here and thank God for the opportunity. I'm going to ask you if you've got a Bible uh, to to find it and open it to Psalms 78. Uh, We won't go there right away. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture between now and then. If you've got a notebook and a pencil and you want to write some of this down. Uh, If I were to title the lesson tonight, uh, this would be the title. The Possibility of Limiting... God Uh, Charles Dickens back in 1859 wrote this he said it was the best of times it was the worst of times it was an age of wisdom and it was an age of foolishness it was the season of light and it was the season of darkness it was the spring of hope and it was the winner of despair. I've thought about that quote many times because that's where I see our world today on the grand scale. It's never been this bad in my lifetime. Others that are older perhaps can remember a worse day than this. Morality, as far as I can tell, is at an all-time low. People living together instead of being married. The rule of Hollywood infecting our young people as never before. What God calls an abomination parading down the streets into our homes and by the way of the television. Faith in our national leaders waning, if not altogether lost. And world war seems looming. However... That's the bad things. There are a lot of good things going on in our world. I, I, I thank God every day for the blessings of this life. I had the privilege of sitting in a shower with hot water the other day. And it just occurred to me that it had been a while since I had stopped and thanked God. Number one, for the shower on the inside of the house. And number two, for the hot water. There are blessings all around us. I think about what God is doing here at River of Life. And dear friend, these are some of the best of the times. River of Life is flourishing. Our attendance is increasing. New structures are going to be added in the future. Baptisms are up. And our pastor, (laughs) he's surrounded by a tremendous staff and a supporting board, seems ageless. Somebody say amen right there. Uh, It's hard for me to believe he's older than I am. And uh, I pray the blessings of God on this church and on the other churches in our community. And while, according to Dickens, it may be the winter of despair for some of us who are saved and we're waiting on the soon return of our Lord. It is also the spring of hope and the season of light. In this dispensation of grace, when men and women are still saved by the grace of God through faith in a God that cannot fail. What an opportunity we have to take the message of God everywhere. I uh, was talking with someone the other day and they were talking about the traffic between here and Tallahassee. Isn't that a blessing? It, it wasn't to them either. And uh they talked about all the houses that are being built in a new subdivision over at Ray Winkle going in and on and on. I mean, they were just, oh, it was terrible. And he looked over at me and he said, well, what do you think about that preacher? I said, I think it's wonderful. He, he said, are you crazy? I said, no, just think about all those people that we're going to have the opportunity to witness to. And all your neighbors that are moving in next to you that never have heard Jesus before. You're going to be out walking your dog one day and God's going to bring somebody down that street that needs Christ. Look for it. Feel the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. Prepare yourself. A workman that needeth not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of God. Put the word of God in your heart that you may not sin against him. When the opportunity comes, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Stand up for the glory of God and win your neighbors to the Lord. Hey, they'll, make, they'll be better neighbors. If your neighbors are saved, you don't have to worry about them stealing your lawnmower. Somebody say amen right there. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to be faithful to the finish, don't you? I want to be all out for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to sprint across that finish line. But if I was being totally honest with you tonight, I'd have to confess to you that the fellow I have the most problem with is me, D.L. Moody, the great evangelist that he was, he wasn't saved until he was 19 years old. He was working in a shoe shop when a a Sunday school teacher came in and led him to the Lord and uh, he was confronted early on in his life if he would be all out for the Lord. And uh, he said he would be. He went on to shake two continents for the glory of God at one of the largest churches, Moody Memorial Church in Chicago, Illinois, that this country's ever seen. He wasn't an educated man. He spelled uh, Job Job, always pronounced it that way, always called Daniel Daniel. But oh, God used him. But as he come to the end of his race, he made this statement. He said, the fellow that I've had the most problems with throughout my ministry, he's in the same coat with me. I, uh, I want to begin with a word tonight about our God. I think it's very important that you understand what the Bible says about our God he's being maligned and belittled in this day and this hour, but I want to tell you what he's an awesome God, amen. Just going to give you some scripture and they'll throw them up here on the board. You might want to write them down Psalms ninety and verse number two, the Bible says, before the mountains were brought forth, or even thou hast formed the earth and the world even from everlasting to everlasting thou art God it's hard for us to wrap our little old peanut brain around the fact that one time there wasn't a world it was just God and God in grace and mercy decided to make a world and allow you and I to live on it again the word of God says in Jeremiah 10 and verse number 10 but the Lord is the true God he is the living God an everlasting king at his wrath, the earth shall tremble and the nation shall not be able to abide his indignation. Romans one twenty three simply says he's the uncorruptible God. 1 Timothy 6 and verse number 16. Our God is the one, the only one who hath immortality. We are told about our God. We are told that his character never changes. The word of God says in James 1.17... Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, from whom there is no bearableness, neither shadow or turning. And then His word never changes. Psalms one nineteen, verse number fifty two. The Bible says concerning Thy testimonies, I have known of old that Thou hast founded them for ever. Seems like if if we really believe that word right there. We spend a whole lot more time reading the Bible. We'd, 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 we'd want to know what God said. His person never changes. Hebrews thirteen eight. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is able. He is the unlimited God. He is beyond our capability of comprehension in His ability to save in his ability to strengthen, in his ability to raise up the sick, in his ability to let the captive free, we can't even comprehend the smallest of things that our God is able to do. That's our God. And every once in a while, we need to celebrate him. Somebody says amen. Time doesn't rush him. Age does not limit him. Powers do not threaten him. He is God and beside him there is no other. Jeremiah 32 and verse 27. I love this. Uh, the, the uh, the Lord, Jeremiah recorded uh, verse 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Why don't we pray more? If he is the God that can do all things, and we really believe that, why, why don't we pray more? And then again, in Jeremiah 32, 17. Oh, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out thy arm. There is nothing too hard for thee. No promise he cannot keep. No problem he cannot sa- solve. No person he doesn't want to save. He's all of that and much, much more. Now, I've read you all those scriptures about our God for a reason. There are two verses of scripture that that really, you help me with them, okay? The first one is found in this Mark, the sixth chapter. Verses five and six, the Bible says, and he could there do no mighty work save that he laid a hands on a few sick folks and he healed them and he marvelled because of their unbelief did you see what it said when jesus came into town he could do there no mighty work the bible just stated that the one that spoke the worlds into existence Could not do what he would have done because of the people who were there and their unbelief. And that's not the first time that the Bible says that God's power is limited. I ask you when we began to open your Bibles to Psalm 78. And there's a verse of scripture here down in verse number 41. Now, if you know anything about your Bible, you know that Psalm 78 is a, is a, a, chronicle of the exodus from egypt into the promised land it's it's found over and over and over and over and over in your bible this is what psalm seventy-eight forty-one says yea they turned back they tempted god and they what's the word limited the holy one of israel The word limited that's used here, according to Vine's expository dictionary of of words, is the objective form of the word limit. And it carries the idea of placing a boundary or denying permissible extent. And so I had to look that up. And it simply means that the people of God put up a no trespassing sign. And on the bottom of it, they wrote, God, this means you. How is it possible that man who can't even outlive a crawling turtle? How is it possible that we can limit God, the great God of glory that we've been reading about? How is it possible for us to limit God? Well, Psalm 78 gives us several reasons or several things that they did that kept God from working in their life and in their midst. And I bring this to you tonight because I'm, I don't want to limit God. And, and I want to steer clear of that, don't you? Not only in my personal life, but in our church life. So the first thing that I would, I would mention to you here is found over in verse number 8 of Psalm 78. The Word of God makes this statement. He says, and you might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. A generation that was set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Well, the first thing I I understand, I don't want to limit God by being stubborn when God says he wants me to do something. None of us are stubborn, are we? We just want everybody to agree with us because we're right. According to the word of God, he's dealing with a people, Exodus 32 and verse number nine, that were stiff-necked. They were filled with pride. By the way, pride is one of the seven things the word of God records that God hates. Ezekiel chapter three and verses eight and nine, he said the people of Israel were the people with a hard head. He said, I'm sending you, he said, I'm going to make your forehead, Ezekiel, as hard as an animate stone, a flint stone, because I, I'm sending you to a people whose forehead's as hard as flint stone. Now, now we don't have any hard headed people here at River of Life. Don't have anybody that would say, uh, well, preacher, that's, that's just not the way I think we ought to do it. Stubborn, rebellious. What God could have done is beyond our capability of understanding because that's the way God is. You understand in this verse of scripture, the Bible says that they set not their heart aright. God had heard their cry for 200 years. They had been down in Egypt. They were under taskmasters that hated them. They wanted them dead. They were killing the babies. They were trying to work the men to death. And God heard their cry. And after 200 years, he brought them out with a mighty hand. In fact, as you study this 78th chapter or division of Psalms, you will find that there are 17 miracles that God did that are recorded here. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. That God recorded for us to know that he was working on their behalf. He brought them to the mountain of God. He gave them the word of God. He brought water from a stone. He he gave them bread, angels bread to eat in the wilderness. And they came to Kadesh Barnea. God had already said, follow my man. I'll bless you. All you've got to do. I'll go before you. I'll run out the inhabitants before you. Take the land. It's yours. And so what they decided to do was elect a committee. That's true. They sent a delegation of 12 men in to come back. Joshua and Caleb said, hey, this is exactly what God said. Let's go. Ten of them said, no, wait just a minute. That's just not the way we saw it. And they became rebellious in their spirit. He could have blessed them beyond their ability to receive it. Do you know this in your Bible? Malachi chapter three, verse number eight. Here's what the Bible said. God said, prove me now herewith, saith the Lord. And see if I'll not open the portals of heaven and pour you out blessings. You don't have room enough to receive them all. Well, preacher, I'm in on that. You have to be a yielded sacrifice. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10, the Bible says we're his workmanship. That we're created in Christ Jesus under good works that he (laughs) hath before ordained that we should walk in them. In other words, you don't get to control your life. As a born-again child of God, you become a living sacrifice. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, wholly acceptable. A sacrifice living for the glory of God. That means when he says, go, you go. And that means when he says, stop, you stop. These were a stubborn and a rebellious generation. Their heart not set aright. And for the next 40 years, time and time again, there'd be a funeral. And every one of those funerals bore witness of the fact of what could have been. I hope I don't get to the end of my life and look back across it and think about what could have been. Had I only been yielded to the Lord. I would remind you. That the Lord's ways are higher than our ways. Romans chapter 11 verse 33 tells us that. And many times. We want God to show us what he's going to do before he does it. We say God you you, you tell us what you're going to do. And we'll tell you whether we like it or not. Instead of receiving all of the blessings that God had for. I had my wife drive around back tonight. I I saw where they cut out all the trees on the back lot. Amen. I see the crowds when I'm here on Sunday morning. I don't know a bunch of y'all that are here tonight because y'all have come in since I got to come here faithfully. We're on the road quite a bit. Every time I come in, they've got another group up on the stage getting saved, joining church, getting baptized. Uh, Brother Al, I think y'all baptized 59 Sunday. Was that it? Am I correct? 58. If I'd have been there, it'd have been 59. Amen. (laughs) What are you saying, preacher? I'm, I'm saying this thing is God's blessing. And God forbid that I would be a member of this fellowship who would be stubborn and rebellious to the point that I would miss the blessings that God is pouring out on this fellowship. Preacher, that's just not the way I think it ought to go. And the act of rebellion is as the act of... Witchcraft. Verse number 22. You've got that there in front of you. Psalm 78 verse 22. The Bible says. Because they believed not in God. And they trusted not. In his salvation. They limited the Holy One of Israel. Number one by being stubborn. Hard-headed. And number two. By not having any faith. They didn't believe in God. And, and all that we are as Christians and all that we should be is grounded in the fact that we live by faith. And that faith should not falter before we get to the finish. Amen. We have accomplished much here at River of Life in the short years I have been here. But there's still much to be done. Still souls to be saved. Still lives that must be changed. People's lives that must be touched by the glory of God. And we are to constantly, constantly, constantly remind everyone that as a child of God, we walk by faith, not by sight. We're trusting in a God who knows what he's doing. Can I get an amen right there? And he's a God who has never failed. Four times in your Bible... You were told that the just, those who are saved, are to live by faith. Time and time again, when people approached Jesus throughout the the, the gospels, uh, they would ask him to heal them. His response to them, time and again, would be this: "According to your faith, be it unto you." I I, I do not know all that God is going to do here. In this place we call river of life. I don't know all that God is going to do in my life. But I do know that whatever he chooses to do. It will be done by faith. And with the faith of the people of God. Believing in him to do it. And it's a faith that does not forget what he's already done. Verse number 11 of Psalm 78 says this. And they forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. They forgot his works. How do you forget being fed manna? How do you forget when water comes forth out of a rock to to bless 6 million people? And yet the Bible says they forgot. Look again, if you will, verse number 32. The Bible makes this statement for all of this. They sinned still believing not for his wondrous works. Again, verse number 42. They remembered not his hand nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. Three times in this chapter, the word of God says that they forgot what God had done. For them, we ought not to ever forget where we came from. I love it when Pastor Henry reminds us of this this place before this building. I love it when he tells us how that God spoke to his heart there in Sopchoppy, and said, "This is what I want you to do." I love it when he when he tells (laughs) about him and Beth. And uh, Beth said, do you think we can do it? And he says, no. <laughs> but God has told us to do it. And by faith, they stepped out. You're, you're in a, a church tonight that was birthed out of a man believing in God and what God could do. Amen. And I'm glad he surrounded him with, with people that believed in him. And believed in their God. And we ought not to ever let our children or our grandchildren forget about what God's already done. That's what happened in this passage of Scripture. In fact, if you look back in the top of of chapter number 78, verses 2 through 7, he gives you a principle. Listen to what he says. He says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord, his strength, his wonderful works that he hath done. For he hath established a testimony in Jacob, he hath appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them. Even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them unto their children. By the way, if you're counting, that's five generations. Why does God want our children and our grandchildren to know what he's already done for us? Look what the Bible says in verse number seven. That they might set their hope and bounce in a basketball. Carrying a football throwing a baseball, being a singer, being a major, and all the other things we're trying to push them into. No. He said, you teach your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren if you get the chance about all that God has done so that their hope might be in God. And forget not his works, but they keep his commandments. There should never a generation rise up that doesn't hear about all that God has done in your life. Where God brought you from. How he delivered you. And there should never a generation rise up in this place that doesn't know about the heritage of River of Life Church. As parents and grandparents, we got to be telling the children about the mighty works of God. I... uh, I'm going to start closing now, but don't get excited. It takes a while.
0: <laughs>
1: God said in this passage of scripture that man limited God. And then I've just scratched the surface. If you'll read this chapter, when you get home, man limited God by being stubborn. And usually that, that originates in a heart of pride. And then, then man limited God by not walking in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews eleven six. 6. And then man limited God when he forgot about all of the things that God had already done for him. But there's something else. Man can limit God from God working in our lives. By not walking in the moral principles that's laid out in scripture. You got scripture for that, preacher? I'm glad you asked. Verse number 10. The Bible says, They kept not the covenant of God, and they refused to walk in His law. You want the blessings of God on your life? You're, you won't get them if you're living outside the parameters of the morals of this Bible. And then the next verse, verse number 56. They tempted and they provoked the most high God. They kept not his testimonies. Verse 36 and 37. Nevertheless, listen to this. They did flatter him with their mouth, but they lied unto him with their tongues. For their heart was not right with him. Neither were they steadfast in the covenant. You know what that verse just said? He said when they came together to worship all, they'd sing about the great power of God. And they'd sing about faith of God. And they'd sing about following God. And the whole time they were lying to God with their mouth. They were flattering him as though our God needed to be flattered. I believe that God's got a blessing for you. I believe he's got a blessing for everyone in this building. I do. I believe he's got a blessing for this church. I believe the best days of this church are not behind it. They're in front of it. And that you're going to see a movement of God in this county that we, we, people are going to be talking about for years and years and years. Because that's just the way God works. And by the way, I haven't turned my back on my country yet. I believe that there's still a probability and a possibility with God Amen. that revival can come in America. And that we can begin to restore some of the foundational beliefs that we once had. His blessings are still available. Salvation through the blood. Don't you love it when somebody gets saved? I got a post from a dear preacher's wife the other day. They passed her over in Taylor County. And this is what she said. Brother Bill, I'm rejoicing. I got to lead one of my childhood friends to the Lord today. Well, you want something that'll that'll set you up on the uh, the ninth cloud? Lead somebody to Jesus. Watch that take place as they open their heart and their lives and receive him. And that breath of life is blown in there. I get excited thinking about it and I can't run or nothing. John 14, 15. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. They're not grievous. They're not hard. This world will tell you that the things in the word of God are old-fashioned, out-of-date, and archaic. But it's still the word of God. And if you'll live for the glory of God, if you'll live your life in such a way that your neighbors know that you are salt and light. And when you go into Walmart and you see one of them down on the alcohol aisle, they turn around and run the other way because they know what's fixing to happen. Y'all still glad you came tonight? (laughs) Our God is a God who says this. John, 2 John 1, 6. And this is love that we walk after his commandments. You say you love the Lord? Walk after him stay close to him I love what one pastor said he said I want to be so close to him that I can hear it every time his heart beats what a blessing that would be he's the potter I'm the clay it never reverses I never get to be the potter amen I don't want to be guilty of keeping the Lord from working in my life I don't want to be guilty of limiting God to work in our fellowship. And I'm going to ask you to join me now in a prayer of dedication. Father God, with all that's within me, I come before you. I wished I was 20 years old again, Lord. I wished I could go back and live it all over for you again. But I can. What I can do. Is give you every second of every day. Of the rest of my life. What I can do is draw closer to you Lord. Than I've ever been before. What I can do. Is become that living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto you. What I can do is be that yielded piece of clay in the potter's hand. Having him mold us into vessels of honor for his honor and for his glory. God, I pray, don't let me hinder your work. Don't let me put up roadblocks Don't let me put up signs that say no trespassing. in God, that means you. Let me be guilty. Of giving you free reign. Whatever you want. Holy Spirit of God have full sway. In my life. And I pray that for this church. And for this country. Holy Spirit of God. work in your people Amen
0: Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life If this message has touched you today or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrofferville dot com We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.